Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. Uh, we are back in the offices having traveled to Lancaster, California for this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, round number six of the California Pro Car Challenge. And it will be episode number 35 of the EKN Debrief, uh, October 3rd, the day here in the office as we get set to go and talk about what was a really a fantastic weekend, great weather, just all in all, another awesome trip to the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. The event really just never disappoints. The addition of KA, uh, the KA 100 categories, this particular race, man, just uh, all in all, a great weekend. This week's show presented by IAMI USA. IAMI USA is the importer and distributor of the hottest two-cycle engine program in American karting, featuring the X30, KA 100, and Swift engines, which can be found at club, regional, and national racing events from coast to coast. IAMI USA's dedication to quality and customer service is second to none. IAMI is also a proud supporter of programs such as the United States Pro Kart Series, WK Manufacturers Cup, F-Series Gear Up Challenge, and the Superkart USA Pro Tour Winter Series and Pro Kart Challenges. Well, David Cole, uh, we made it home all right, man. It was a good trip, uh, all in all. Just some fantastic racing. Of course, Saturday, probably one of the longest days we have all year long, other than maybe one of the Super Nats. Uh, it's like, you know, 8, 9 in the morning for us, all the way to about 11 o'clock at night, even longer for staff members who are trackside. It, it is. And, you know, it didn't help that the Ryder Cup was going on, so we kind of woke up early to watch that, too. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, yeah, yeah. it was when, – when you say long, it's not a bad thing because it was a good day. It was yeah. a great day. Uh, perfect weather. Uh, we couldn't, you can't really complain about that because typically we've been there, uh, icing our computers and internet cards because it's <laughs> so right. damn hot. Uh, and yeah. luckily, uh, this, this time it had a good enough breeze. Luckily it wasn't, uh, 20 to 30 mile an hour winds that they were pre- pre- forecasting. So it was good, but, uh, you yeah. know, it was a great, great Saturday. Hey, you're not wrong because, uh, we've had, uh, races there, over 100 degrees uh, Fahrenheit. You mentioned the fact we were icing down our computers. And we were, in fact, we had ice in Ziploc bags underneath your laptop because it was just cooking. We we're trying to cross do the live broadcast, and it was just nuts. I think we were mid-80s uh, this particular weekend. And while Saturday, a long day at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, the, other, the, the cool thing is you kind of get going, qualifying, first round of heats. And then it's not like there's a lull at the end of the day where you're tired because sun goes down. Fans start coming in. It gets even more exciting in the evening. We do a couple of races under the lights. The cool part of it, David, is really we really kind of amp things up, and all of a sudden you get on a, on a big high of the main events for X30 and S1, S2 under the lights. So it just even though you may be getting tired of being there all day long, all of a sudden you're fired up by some great racing. Well, it reminds you of being at the local stock car track. It really does, you know, because yeah. you're there. Th- yeah. Those guys are there one day. I mean, you're getting two practice sessions, qualifying, two heat races, and a main event all in one day. I mean, it's 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 obviously a, a go, go, go type situation for them, uh, but it, it makes for a long day, but a fun day uh, to see just kind of how it progresses throughout the day. You know, uh, David, you, you know, talk about the weather, uh, most definitely Chamber of Commerce weather all weekend long in Lancaster, but there's just something about the city all the businesses, the citizens, the people that are at this track that just roll out the red carpet for this California Pro Kart Challenge finale. I know myself, when I'm going back and forth between my uh, announce tower up on the outside of turn five, which is the final corner, right at the corner of Elm and the Boulevard, and coming into the paddock or coming back, people 
there are people that have been there race like you know, year after year after year. They know who we are. They know who the racers are. I'm getting high fives on the way back to the announcer's tower. Just the people at Lancaster, just you know, the people that come down there and just the whole boulevard area. I just love that event. And there's a lot of people there, too. That, uh, that's one thing I kind of noticed uh, when we went for a quick uh, dinner break before they got the night racing going on was all the people that were there surrounding the boulevard. Uh, you know, it had a number of bands playing in different areas of the, of just one street, a uh, number of food vendors, a number of businesses just there uh, promoting their own businesses, another number of the businesses along the boulevard opening up their doors, uh, breweries, candy shops, food shops, sandwich shops, like all, yeah. all different types of places to go. Uh, so it makes for a very fun Saturday night. The atmosphere was awesome. And Dave, we, you and I are heading to try to find a place uh, to grab some food. And boom, all of a sudden, uh, you hear a little bit, little disco. We're kind of feeling like we were back at Rock Island with the Travoltas. The, that one, the, the girl band, uh, was rocking out some disco there. That was pretty cool. Oh, don't get me started. I miss them. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know you miss the Travoltas. I know. Um, tenth year of the event as well. Started uh, back in uh, 2009, I believe. A couple of years with the Tri-C Carters putting on the event before the city began working with Supercarts USA and kind of taking it to, to another level with the rental car program, the Battle of the Boulevard, a uh, new track right down into the into the um, you know the right corner of the boulevard down there. But yeah, tenth edition of the event. It's it kind of ticked me back when I realized it was it's been ten years. Pretty crazy. Well, as I said at the opening ceremony, some of the drivers that were there weren't even born yet. Uh, <laughs> you know, right. some of the micro micro Swift drivers that we had there weren't even born. So it makes for, uh, you know, it, they, they kind of have a, a knack for how they want the event to un- unfold uh, with the scheduling and the way they, the city works with everybody. And that's the one thing that the event has going for it is all the city uh, employees and councils and, and mayor, everybody is behind the event a hundred percent. You know, they put in a lot of time and effort. They have a lot of businesses that put a lot of money and effort into it as well too, to make it what it is. And it's not just another street race. You're putting up a bunch of hay bales. I mean, it's, it's a festival. It's an event. It's, it's almost like their Super Bowl type deal where this is, this is it. Yeah, indeed, David. It's, it's their biggest event they put on in Lancaster every year in terms of bringing people in and the economic impact of the city. Uh, in second place is the Blue Angels. So, But the streets of Lancaster, the number one revenue-generating event in Lancaster uh, each year. I think that speaks volumes for carding, carters coming in, hotel rooms, eating food, going to, you know, going to local stores, buying the provisions for the paddock. Uh, and then, of course, all the stores, as you mentioned, Dave, around the area, the boulevard area, um, man, it just the economic uh, influx that comes into Lancaster because of this race is, is awesome. And, and anytime you talk to somebody from the, the, the city side, they're they're cognizant of that. They know how big this race is for, for the city. Well, not only for the city, but the sport. I mean, this has yeah. become the premier street race on the western half of North America. I mean. Everybody from all over, people from all over the continent have been to Lancaster. Uh, so it's, it's drawing, it's definitely drawing interest from people within the sport of karting. Let's look at the numbers a little bit too, David. Uh, the fun thing is, is a number of the couple of the categories down a little bit, but others not. Micro Swift about the same at 10. Uh, Mini Swift 22 last year, only 10 drivers this year. You and I said that's almost wasn't the worst thing because, 
we didn't have many incidents in those classes because there was less drivers, less opportunity to have incidents, and they actually raced really, really well. Uh, X30 Junior down as it has been quite a bit this year. Uh, 11 drivers this year. Senior only down a handful to 24. Uh, the senior race was just fantastic. Uh, Masters down, but not really. 17 drivers in the X30 Master category last year. Combined 16 this year with seven in Master and nine in the new Super Masters group. So that that group's still pretty solid, right, Dave? Yeah, that number is still pretty good. You know, as you said, senior's good. Uh, really what, what we saw down were junior and mini swift and, you know, a combination of that could be people saving for super nats or people just aren't ready for street racing. Uh, you, you kind of have to be in the mindset that that there's no room for error. And if you make an error, you're going to, you're going to be in the wall. So maybe, you know, some of the racers, you know, as, as we've talked with some people before at the, at the, at the event, they feel it's unsafe. Well, you know, if it was unsafe, Scusa wouldn't be doing it. And, and so that's one thing that people kind of got to get over with, get over the hurdle on that. Well, it's a, it's a good opportunity in my mind to be able to teach a driver how to race, race hard and not make those mistakes, not drive over the edge. We saw it at Modesto a couple of years ago where the mini swift drivers just didn't get a handle on driving within the limits of the racetrack at a track, any other racetrack you're at, Newcastle, Buttonwillow, whatever it may be, uh, you know, if we're talking California tracks, wherever you are. Other than Calspe, which has some barriers, look at there's not any barriers at a button willow. And drivers are, you know, you can go four wheels off, and because you made a mistake, you've overcooked a corner. You can't do that at Lancaster. You really have to race within yourself, understand your limits, and I think that's one of the things that would be good for micro mini drivers to come there to learn. You have to approach this race differently than you would a track that had wide open, you know, exit areas where you can drop four wheels off. Because as you said, David, you can't do that here. You make a mistake. Turn three, turn four at this track, turn five. You're going to carry a lot of speed into those corners. You make a mistake, and the wall's going to grab you, and, and you're going to be out of the race. So you're right. That That's definitely one of the reasons, potential reasons, why we didn't get quite as many drivers in the Mini Swift or X30 Junior categories. Overall, David, shifter carts down in the Honda categories. We've seen that um, over the last couple of years. <laughs> S5 actually up. They only had one S5 driver last year, five this year. Supermasters uh, for S4 down a couple. Uh, same for S4, they were down a couple, a total of 19 in the combined category. Um, S3 had a ton, 17 drivers last year, but they go down to nine this year. And the combined S4, or rather S1, S2, 20 in total. An extra S1 driver, but about four less S2s. The bottom line, shifter cart racing a, a little down. There is some um, uncertainty, obviously, with the engine package. Nonetheless, some great racing in both those categories. But, David, pretty good introduction as they had 32 drivers added in the K8 100 classes this year. Yeah, and that's kind of a wash uh, from last year with it being the Briggs class that was there last year. So it's kind yep. of a wash. So as you said, yeah, the numbers were a little bit down from from last year. But, you know, again, the the atmosphere, you couldn't tell. You couldn't really tell with the way the atmosphere was and the the way the competition was on track. I have a feeling that next year we'll see a, a, a good jump up in terms of the, the KA class again. That category, of course, just starting to pick up some speed and some momentum in the state of California. The, the KPX guys are going to have it on, on, you know, on the schedule again. It's going to be big for them. So uh, I expect to see 20-plus in senior and junior and even more Masters drivers as well. So, folks, there is your overview of this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, round number six of the California Pro Car Challenge, episode number 35 of the EKN Debrief. 
After this break, David and I are going to be back. We'll uh, jump into the paddock pass and talk a little bit about some of the cool things that kind of stepped out for us off track. The 2019 season is just around the corner, and Trinity Carding Group is fired up and ready to take up the challenge. Trinity Carding Group is a full-service operation based at the Motorsports Country Club of Cincinnati, which gives us access to our custom-designed driver training facility. This allows us to offer private one-on-one coaching to take you to the next level. We're also a Midwest dealer for Tony Kart in Miami, and we're your source for MG and Avinco tires in the region. We'll be trackside, the Supercart USA Winter Series and Pro Tour, the USPKS, the Battle of the Brickyard, and of course, the KRA Series at Newcastle Motorsports Park. From arrive and drive and coaching programs to the parts you need, let Trinity Karting Group provide you with customer service second to none. Trinity Karting Group has a long history in the sport, a winning pedigree, and we're dedicated to driver development. We take pride in our professional approach and our positive attitude. Let us build a custom race program for you. Give us a call at 513-421-4463 or check us out online at trinitycardinggroup.com. Welcome back to episode number 35 of the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Rob Howden alongside David Cole. The focus today, our trip to the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, round six of the California Pro Car Challenge. And as David had mentioned, the premier street race in the western half of the United States. Man, this year was just an absolute great one. Let's jump into the Paddock Pass now. We'll talk a little bit about a couple of things that kind of caught our eye trackside. This edition of the Paddock Pass presented by Cambrian Karting. Cambrian Go-Karts is North, uh, Northern California's leading kart shop, stocked with all the major components you need to get on track. Cambrian is a Burrell Art and Sody Kart dealer, providing you with the leading chassis technology and knowledge to get you to the front. They also stock Briggs, IAMI, and Rotax engine, uh, engines and parts, along with MG and Avinco tires. And they provide the latest in safety gear, tools, and equipment. If you need anything in NorCal, check out Cambrian Karting at CambrianGoKarts.com. All right, David, we talked a little bit about, uh, just a little bit about KA100 and their debut at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, taking the spot of Briggs 206. Bottom line, some some really good racing in this category. Senior, master in the same race group, junior in their own race group. But man, great racing all told in KA100. It's yeah, it's it was our kind of first glimpse into the Western uh, growth of the KA100 program. Uh, yeah. I, we've seen it over here with the USBKS. I have for the last two years, WKA this year. So it's it's certainly growing. It's a, you know, it's a very simple, simple power plant, um, that, that people are drawn to, uh, you know, at some reason it's that, that 100 CC level, you know, it, 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 it's been part of karting for a number of decades now. And, and mm-hmm. there just always seems to be a draw towards that, that range and it, cause it's fast, but it's not too fast and it's not slow, but it's not, you know, it's a little bit slower than the, than your tags and your shifters but it's not too slow. So it also always provides some great racing because the, the packs are a little bit tighter too, because the, you know, the engine, uh, doesn't, you know, doesn't allow for a lot of, uh, gapping between drivers. Uh, so you, you get the pack racing. So that's always cool to see. Yeah. It, it slots in perfectly. Doesn't it? it's, it, you know, we talk about, you have to pay for speed when it comes to racing. There's the Briggs 206 category at its price level. Then if you want to go faster, you're going to spend some more money. 
there was that big gap up to X30 in junior, senior, or masters where it's a significant, significantly bigger investment, but you're going to get that more speed. But this kind of fits right in the middle, doesn't it? Uh, Yamaha's been there for many years as a 100cc engine. It just doesn't seem to be that thing that's exciting people anymore, even though it's still a great power plant and a lot of people love racing it. This new KA100, it's just kind of fired people up. I think there's an excitement about it. It's that that area right between 206 and X, X30, and it's just getting people fired up for sure. And now, David, uh, one of the cool things too, Supercarts USA rolling out the IKF and Scooter Triple Crown, which includes the IKF Grand Nationals, the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, and Super Nationals 22. And that kind of presents a storyline for us as well. Yeah, the the Triple Crown is something new, obviously, with Scusa and IKF kind of uh, coming under the, the same umbrella. Uh, they, they brought out this Triple Crown where the op- giving the opportunity for somebody to win $10,000 uh, with uh, winning at the IKF Grand Nationals and winning at Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix and winning at the Scusa Super Nationals 22. Uh, through the first two events, though, we've only had one driver who has qualified for the opportunity to win that 10 grand. And uh, that's something that we'll kind of hit in with uh, later in the race report. You're going to hold on to that for a while. I oh, like yeah. it. Um, you know, a couple people knew, I think, David, to the California Pro Car Challenge, which was exciting. First off, Scusa welcoming back Mac Jaskell back to the paddock. Of course, uh, Matt's running the last couple of, of uh, of Super Nats, but here's a guy that won the 19, I think it was 98 or 1999 Super Nationals in the ADCC Junior category. Uh, Matt was one of the stars of the, the recent show, the reality show Castaways, uh, back in the S1 division on a CRG. Uh, really was just trying to get out there to get some seat time. Uh, ended up with an issue in heat race number one, got driven over at the very start. Someone just driving over top of him, having lost their brakes. They missed the second heat race. He comes out for the main event. And once he got on the throttle and they got on the brakes hard to turn four, the cart was trying to turn to the left on him. They thrashed to try to get him back out for the main. As you said earlier, S1 running just one day. Uh, they weren't able to get him out on track, but nonetheless, it was good to have Matt back. And I know he's pretty jacked up. He's focused on running KZ at the Super Nationals as well. I think that was a pretty cool deal uh, for, for Matt Jaskell having him back. Yeah, it's great to see the Jaskell behind the wheel. A uh, longtime veteran, Super Nationals winner as well, too. Uh, Jasko's kind of been doing some driver coaching here and there, but now he's he's got that itch to get back behind the wheel. Uh, you know, he's always a contender, especially in Super Nationals. Uh, we always see him when he does make his yeah. once a, one appearance a year at the Super Nationals. Um, you know, he's always a contender. So I, I, I have no doubt that you know, we could possibly see him battling in the top 10 uh, come no, come November. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I had a good ch- a chance to talk to Matt, and he's working with the guys at CRG Nordam. Uh, yeah, I'm here, he's going to be working with the guys from TM Racing Engines as well. So, man, look out. It's uh, he, he could be a, always fun to watch him. And as you said, David, he'll show up for a one-off in KZ, and he's battling in the top 10. <laughs> that's that's a great thing about Jaskill. He's got the talent. We know that. He uh, was a Red Bull uh, driver search winner ended up running Formula BMW and I think Formula Renault. Uh, just had some great races and uh, again, talented driver. It was cool to watch him on Castaways. Uh, got a little bit of a glimpse into the life he's been living and, and some of the stuff that he's had to jump through as as hurdles in life. But uh, again, Matt's just a great guy. Always a good uh, attitude, and I look forward to seeing him uh, at Supernats this year. Now, as I had said before, not the only kind of new face at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. The Mad Croc program 
making some steps, David, under Mad Old Nut, uh, the shop, they're kind of stepping things up. Mad Croc connecting with uh, the Checkered Motorsports guys over in uh, the East Coast. That brings Andrew Bedoza over to come and run Mad Croc in S1 this weekend, plus the newly crowned Supercart USA Pro Tour winner, A.J. Myers, signing with Mad Croc as well and Mad Old Nut. So, man, that's that's a couple of heavy hitters coming over to run uh, under the Mad Croc banner. It was, uh, you know, it's ironic that we're talking about just S1 in, the, in this kind of uh, paddock insider. And mostly it's, you know, other other categories because we don't see a lot a lot of changing going on in S1. But uh, I don't know, this, this might be a, a silly season type uh, year where we, we see a lot of movement because it was shocking to kind of see Myers uh, part ways with the TB cart having just won the, the Pro Tour Championship. Uh, they've had, a, I believe, three-year run together uh you know aj really worked on building their shifter cart program up along with the tag uh side of things as well too uh working on uh, you know chassis development as well as uh driver coaching some of the drivers under their tent as well so uh it's very interesting to see the move uh it was uh, obviously a debut weekend for aj so he he wasn't uh catching things on fire but uh was definitely top no. five throughout the weekend. And again, at a track he'd never been to on a cart that he maybe not even had laps on before. So, yeah, and throw, yeah, throw him to the wolves, you know, on the thousand foot straightaway streets of Lancaster. <laughs> you don't even give him a chance to really get a good feel for it. And you just toss him in there and say, hey, here, and here's one day, not even a two day deal. Couldn't even sleep on it, right? Right. He's just, Get on the track and, on Saturday morning. You're done Saturday night. Well, sometimes so, it could be yep. a great way to, to to learn to get to get acquainted with something. <laughs> you know, hey, this is it. Go, <laughs> go. True enough. All right, there's your uh, paddock pass brought to you by Cambrian Go Karts, folks. On the other side of this break, Dave and I are going to start breaking down the racing that we saw at this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Stick with us. More to come. With the season winding down. It's time to start planning for 2019 and how you're going to take your racing to the next level. For so many race winners and championship winners, that choice was obvious. Joining the Rawlson Performance Group and its staff of multi-time national champions, Super Nationals winners, and Team USA members. We're dedicated to your development, your constant improvement, and your success. Our goal is to help you raise your game and win races. It's what we do. We win. Our tent is already fully booked for this year's Scusa Super Nationals in Las Vegas, but we're now reserving spots in our program for the 2019 Supercart USA Winter Series, the Pro Tour, the Super Nationals, and both the California Pro Kart Challenge and the KM Karting Challenge. If you're looking forward to 2019 and you want to explode out of the gate to put in the best season of your life, call us to reserve a space under our tent for the Supercart USA Winter Series. It's been an incredible season at the Rawls Performance Group, and we couldn't be more proud of our drivers and their successes. On the Scusa Pro Tour, we won the S2 Stock Honda Championship and earned Vice Champion honors in S1 Stock Honda, X30 Senior, and X30 Masters. In the California Pro Car Challenge, we won the Mini Swift title, and in the Can-Am Karting Challenge, our drivers were crowned champions in Tag Senior, X30 Junior, and Micro Swift. If you want to fight for championships in 2019, call us. If you want to improve your skills and your chances to win, the answer is the same. Call us at 503-260-4514. The Rawls and Performance Group. We race to win.
Welcome back to episode number 35 of the EKN Debrief. Uh, Rob Howden and David Cole here breaking down the most recent streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, 10th edition of the race. We're going to jump now into the race report presented by VME Cart USA. Today's race report segment is brought to you by VME Cart USA, the company that is taking American karting by storm this year. VME Cart USA is winning on the East Coast and the West Coast, and they're now securing multiple championships to cap the season. The VME Cart uh, chassis has a very wide tuning window and works extremely well with all engine and tire platforms. To learn more about the chassis and their arrive and drive programs for all the big fall events, give them a follow on their social media platforms. All right, David, we talked about it in Paddock Pass that really we were kind of focusing on S1 because there was a ton to talk about. We didn't touch on the fact that we had a dominant performance in S1 throughout the day on Saturday by the now five-time California Pro Kart Challenge champion Billy Musgrave. We had talked about what he did this weekend at Lancaster. You talk about what he's done all season on the Pro Kart Challenge and just how much he wanted to win at Lancaster, having finished second, what, five times or something like that. But when we interviewed him afterwards, you could hear the emotion. You could see it in his face. This is a guy that has just been absolutely impressive. He's the number one ranked shifter car driver in the nation by ecardinews.com, by our ranking program. But really kind of putting an exclamation point on the season this year. Very much so. And I think, you know, having the August or, yeah, the August that he did at Newcastle, I think this, you know, trying to win this race really motivated him over the last few weeks. Uh, and especially to score the the perfect season. I mean, to go six rounds without having losing a on-track session is is Crazy. amazing, especially being in the S1 category. Uh, and to do yeah. it at the end, you know, meeting all four sessions at Streets of Lancaster is truly amazing because, again, there there's no room for error. And, again, talking about the guys that were there, with you know, with the East Coast guys, Josh Lane, Rory Vanderster, AJ Myers, Andrew Budozo, Matt Jaskel, all these guys that were there trying to beat him down. So uh, truly a remarkable feat for him to to pull off. The cool thing for Musgrave as well is that not only did he have to go head-to-head against the guys that he's been racing against in the California Pro Kart Challenge all year, but again, then he, he gets face-to-face with a couple of guys who we already know have street raceability. You know, Josh Lane, of course, has been a longtime street racer, He's never worried about hanging it out and touching the, the you know the the rear tires on the on the barriers if he has to 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 use every inch of the of the of the racetrack and then you got Rory Vanderstewer coming off his streets of Lang- or rather uh, King of the Streets uh, win at Rock Island so though he gets these two East Coast interlopers and he's got to top them as well and I think that just adds a bit of panache to that win because you beat a couple of studs from the East Coast as well yeah let's not uh, diminish Lane's performance at all because. As he told us Saturday night, he was coming in at S4 weight. And to be to be able to push Rory down the straightaway and to somewhat stay close to, to Musgrave for the first half of the race at S4 weight is truly amazing. Well, Lane keeps talking about trying to lose some weight, but he's got to lay off the whatever he's doing, workouts he's doing. The guy's like bulked up. It's not like it's not like he's he's fat. He's just it's bulked up and it's strong. All girth. It's girth. Yeah, he, he's yeah, just, he's, he's all tough. girth. He has he has no Man. fat on his body, it's all girth. So S1, of course, one of the great parts of the Saturday night show under the lights. The fans were going absolutely nuts. Uh, there was a couple of races for the Battle of the Boulevard as well, the rental cart program that people have to qualify into and then race they have to win their race on Friday to run in the in the Battle of the Boulevard. And then we have on, in Scooza's rental fleet, we also have the uh, the Guns and Hoses, which is the police officers 
uh, versus the firefighters. So there's a ton of people down there to cheer on those guys, but they're also getting a good taste of, of top-level sh- uh, kart racing. We have S1, awesome race for, with, with Billy Musgrave. Then you have this battle, Musgrave again and rookie Trey Brown battling it out with Dante U. David. That, that X30 senior race, man, that was, that was a good one for sure, especially under the lights. People were going nuts for that race. It was, it was a good race and we knew it was going to be that way because throughout the day, you know, Dante, yeah, he was at the front all, all day long, but he had Musgrave, he had Brown, he had a number of other drivers just sitting right there. Yeah. Uh, so again, you don't know what's going to happen until the lights go down or the sun goes down and the lights go up and you was obviously able to, to fend off both Musgrave and Brown. You know, again, they were, they both challenged them in the main Brown led for a time, and then uh, he he made a mistake that allowed you to take it back and Musgrave to come through for second. And then Musgrave actually worked past you, but was it was passing under yellow, so he gave back this position and just came up short at the line to uh, to try and steal it away from Dante. Yeah, and getting some of the input on that particular pass later on. I guess there was a cart that was off to the racetrack to the side. The guys wouldn't have been able to see it coming into the corner. The yellow was up, and it's tough to, tougher to see the yellow under the lights, no doubt about it, because the lights are going to be shining in their faces a bit. But once Billy realized that he had passed under the yellow, coming out of turn two over to turn three, he pointed Dante back by and essentially just set himself up for one more shot, right? Let's see if he can do it coming down the straightaway. Just didn't quite have enough to get by Dante at the end, but that still made it such an exciting, an exciting finish. And Dante, man, he's been pretty good on the streets of Lancaster, no doubt. Well, he's been good uh, over the last two years. I mean, this was his fourth straight win at California Pro Kart Challenge in the four races that he's done. So uh, anytime he had to do a California Pro Kart Challenge race, uh, the X30 guys better be ready to battle. We talked about S1 already. They ran with S2 uh, as the same race group. And again, an under the lights race on on uh, Saturday night. Uh, you know, Dave, we've watched Zach Pedinici race for the last couple of years. He won the S3 Rookie Stock Honda category last year. Uh, we watched him run in some uh, of the Rock Shifter stuff as well on the California Pro Car Challenge, rather on the uh, the Challenge of the Americas, rather. The kid comes out of the box this weekend, and he's running with the S1 guys. He's a top five guy all weekend long. He was fourth overall, getting the win in S2. Pretty impressive jump from S3 to S2 to win but have the speed to outgun a bunch of S1 guys. I was I was blown away. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's definitely uh, improved from last year to this year. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know, and again, it was all, you know, last year to this year even has still been learning. It's 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 been only the last two seasons have been the only time he's been in shifter carts. So, you know, going from from tag to shifter carts, there's a learning curve. And, and thankfully, he was able to do that in the S3 category last year. And now throughout the season in S2, he's getting more and more uh, track time and knowledge and and just understanding of how to drive a shifter cart. And, you know, working with Diego, obvious, obviously Diego's worked with some of the best in the sport there is. So, uh, yeah. you know, Diego no, definitely knows how to, to mold a uh, shifter cart driver. And so he's done a great job with Zach. Uh, finishing in second, Keon Tandon uh, on the DR car. Pretty impressive run for uh, for Keon. He ended up, uh, he was the one that actually drove over top of Matt Jaskell in heat race number one, a brake issue. Uh, starts at the very tail of the field for heat race number two, works his way forward, and then ends up getting second in the points, finishing ahead of Garrett McKelvey. And in the process, Keon Tandon 
uh, ends up winning the championship in the S2 category. So he and Zach have kind of been battling back and forth because they fought for the S3 championship last year. Now Keon Tannen comes out and wins the S2 championship this year. It's a pretty good little battle of a couple of guys working their way through the uh, the stock Honda ladder. That shows what, uh, yeah, what the S3 category can do. Uh, in de- driver development, you know, it, it allows guys to to get the seat time under them, under them, and uh, and then you move up to the big boys, especially for next year. You know, if some of these guys are going to be, you know, racing in the pro shifter category. True. Yeah. Once the once the group comes together for pro shifter S one and S two coming together, as we know for Supernats potentially and very likely for the pro tour next year, I think it will be pro shifter. We'll see what happens in the regional programs, but uh, yeah, both of those guys with speed, we know now to be able to run up front. Uh, David, X30 master, uh, out of the box, Carlos Calderon looking very good, qualifying on the pole, but uh, he went back, I think, fifth at the start of the heat race, first heat race, and at that point, it was just all Matt Johnson. <laughs> Matt just stepped up and and won both heat races and won the main event. He just kind of dominated from then on. It was. Uh, you know, Carlos definitely had the fastest cart. Uh, as you said, we'll qualified on pole. Uh, got shuffled back and kind of worked his way forward again, getting up to uh, the front row starting pos- position uh, in the main event. And then again, ran fast lap of the race in the main event, just wasn't able to have enough to get by Johnson and Johnson running some of the consistent laps throughout the race to, uh, to, to be able to stretch out a lead and score the victory. Yeah. For me, I, I like seeing the, the talent we have in this X30 masters class and more guys are coming into it, which is making it even more exciting. You know, Matt Johnson was one of those holdouts, who kept racing in the uh, the X30 senior class, even though he was in his mid to late 20s, finally making the jump to X30 master. He was even toying with the idea, as he told us, Dave, that he was going to run X30 senior as well, but then decided just to focus on X30 master. And I think as these years go on, we're going to see more guys come into the master category that maybe were stars, you know, 10 years ago or more in uh, in the X30s, or rather tag senior, I guess, Um I like seeing those guys come forward. I think it's going to make for even more exciting racing. Uh, Eric Jackson ends up finishing third over the California Pro Kart champion, Nick DeGraff. Those guys, David, in the main event, they were locked together. We were watching the lead battle, of course. Carlos was trying to close in on Matt to get past. He was was with them for a majority of the race. But that battle for the final podium position, man, Jackson and DeGraff were on it all race long. Yeah, that one went down to the wire for sure, and yeah. there was no uh, there was no catching the lead duo, so it was kind of a a great uh, duel between Jackson and, and DeGraff. What I thought was really cool, we'll, we'll jump quickly to X30 Supermaster. After each race, the drivers worked their way back to the scales. Uh, Lancaster Toyota is the, the big sponsor of the, of the race, so they had one of their Toyota Tundras there. They bring the drivers, the winning drivers in the back of the Tundra, drive them up the straightaway to meet us right at turn five, of course, I interview Matt Johnson. Everybody thinks it's all awesome. Then we bring up the X30 Supermaster winner. And a lot of people are asking me, how old are these drivers? And I'm like, well, there's there's young as seven, eight, nine, and there's guys that are in their 50s and 60s. And they're like, oh, no way. Well, Stu Hayner jumps out of the back after winning X30 Supermaster. Remember, I, I said, said, Stu, tell these people how old you are. <laughs> 69 years old, or as we say, 69 years young. That's truly impressive because Stu was running right there with a bunch of the drivers next 30 senior as well. It's not like he was at the back with all the masters guys. I think he was like sixth overall or something like that, but just unbelievably impressive. Stu Hayner, a veteran driver, uh, but to see him win X30 Supermaster was, I, I think, really cool. I don't think he necessarily jumped out of the truck. I think he he stepped True. down to not, you know, to not hurt himself <laughs> at all because he definitely needed help getting back in. 
Uh, yeah, it was a long it, haul. Yeah. <laughs> but a big, big but jump as you there. said, he battled with the regular Masters guys, the guys that are 30 to 40 years old, and he's he's spotting yeah. them 20 to 30 years alone. And uh, so to be able to battle with those guys and to be able to hold on uh, his Supermaster counterparts was uh, definitely a strong feat for him. Anytime I see him on the racetrack, I'm blown away. Uh, Stu's a, a guy that uh, absolutely loves karting, does a ton for the sport in terms of bringing people together who maybe don't want to run on some of the bigger California series, kind of want to have fun with uh, some of the some of these 100cc engines. And uh, he's done so much for the sport. And to see him get a win there at the streets of Lancaster, I think was awesome. He ends up uh, winning over Robert Switzler. And John Persing was third. That was, uh, that was a good well, component of that X30 Senior and Supermasters and, combined race group. And as you said at the podium, which kind of blows my mind thinking about it, is that some of these <laughs> micro drivers that are 8, 9, and 10 right now, they could be driving for another six decades, 60 years, and still yeah. be winning like Stu Hayner. So, yeah, John Antonino, who wins micro, he's nine. Or is he not? He might be, he might be seven. He said eight. Is he eight? Well, he's either. got sixty-one more years. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm, we're. I mean, that's your whole. That's your whole lifespan. I mean, that's more yes. than your whole lifespan. I just turned fifty. That means I have nineteen more years at least of racing. If Stu Hanner can do it when he's sixty-nine, you, be, you better awesome. get on his training regimen. That's for sure. So, David, you're 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 gonna have twenty-nine more years to see if you can actually beat me. Ah, uh, well, I have beat you, so we have got that covered. So. Have you ever beat me head to head? Where on a, in a I race? Got you. Let's move on to S four now. In a race? Uh, in an official S4. race? Four? I don't think so. <laughs> I, Dave, I don't think you've ever beat me in an official race. No, that's what I thought. I didn't think so. Cool. So that's that's uh, I got that going for me. Yeah, you nice. can do the podcast the rest of your time. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. We're going to go ahead and head a couple times next year. We're going to run the Battle of the Brickyard. Uh, we're going to, you're going to run Rock Island. We're hoping to run the, the Cup Carts North America Grand Nationals next year. So there's going to be time for you and I to try to go head to head. I got to get in shape, man. Challenge accepted. Shape. Yeah, I know. Uh, into S4. Um, what a, uh, to be honest, just a fantastic weekend all around for Nick George, who had the field essentially covered, David, leading qualifying, led both heat races, and he was primed. I think to probably take a, take the win in the main event as well. Oh yeah, he he had the field pretty much covered. Well, not necessarily yeah. covered, but he led uh, basically wire to wire. You know, sitting on top and qualifying, and then winning both heat races. Uh, he had Robert Marks and Rob Logan kind of just right there waiting in the wings, and and they just happened to uh, to cash in on that when when George went just a bit wide on turn three, hitting the barriers enough to uh, to bend the axle and basically ending his chance at a, a victory in the main event. Yeah, Robert Marks took over the lead and he was holding off four times Streets of Lancaster winner Rob Logan. You and I were talking about, David, uh, you, I think you came up with it, right? One for the thumb? One for the thumb. Well, I didn't come up with it. I mean, it's a saying. No. I mean, Tom Brady. I've never and, heard that yeah, before. Tom, well, right. it's a football thing. Come on now. I never, never heard Actually, of him. Anyways, Michael Jordan. I think it was Michael Jordan back in the it? day when he was going for his uh, fifth. Well, Rob Logan was going for his fifth win at the streets of Lancaster. So came up just short, put a ton of pressure uh, on Robert Marks for the, for the final uh, laps of that race. But Marks ends up getting the win. He's 57 years old. Another badass. Uh, Rob Logan ends up in the second. Mike Mantell coming back for the third spot. Good run for Mike Mantell. 
I think unofficially Mike's going to win the, I think he wins the S4 championship as well. Now, of course, that's going to come out later once they've, they've confirmed all the points. But Mantell had a fantastic season in the California Pro Car Challenge as well. Moving to S4 Supermasters before we jump into the next break, David. You know, what a weekend for John Crow. What a year for John Crow. The bottom line is, and he told us this, he said last year he thought he had a cart to win the Supernats. And he's got, he's surrounded by some great people. Frank Baldozier, the guys at, uh, you know, Musgrave Racing Company on the Illuminos chassis. And he told us he figured the weak link last year was him, was the driver. So he refocused, took care of his health, his fitness, everything this year. And talk about it paying off. Pro Tour Championship. He ends up rolling in to win this California Pro Car Challenge. And he is the winner going head to head with the guys in S4. Uh, to win in Supermaster at, at Lancaster. Pretty impressive year and a day and a weekend for John Crow. Well, I think he got the trifecta with, uh, as you said, California Pro Kart Challenge, Scusa Pro Tour Championship, and then the Streets of Lancaster victory. He definitely wanted to get that, uh, those three items, you know, kind of off his list uh, to, to, to add to the mantle. And, uh, you know, yeah. being in the S4 Supermaster category, he was – basically among the quickest drivers on the track overall against the S4 guys running fourth overall uh, in the main event. So uh, he definitely had the pace, <clears throat> excuse me. He had definitely had the pace, but uh, he wasn't the only one as Patrick O'Neill nearly stole the victory from him towards the end uh, as uh, the round white racing driver kind of snuck up on him towards the end. And Crow actually had to put an S4 driver between him and O'Neill. <laughs> <laughs> He did. He did. Well, it seemed like, I think like John was just kind of hanging out there with the S4 guy in front of him. Like, I'm good. I don't need to roll the dice here. But Patrick was coming. Uh, he's a former winner at Lancaster. And he was up on the wheel over the last couple of laps. He was shrinking down what was a three-second gap. Got it down to, I think, about a second or something. It, it was it definitely put the pressure on John. Crow was able to get by and, and get the win. O'Neal second. And big props to Jim Kidd. Uh, here's a guy that gets a flat tire, having a good run. I think he was third. He was having a great run in the second heat race. He goes back to the tail, has to pass 10 drivers over the main event to get himself back up onto the podium. All in all, probably the best outing the kids had in a while at the streets of Lancaster because he always seems to get bit by bad luck there, this time going home with a, with a third-place finish. And I think he had the pace, if if not for that that flat tire, he probably had the pace to maybe run with O'Neill and Crow in the main event. So I don't uh, disagree with you. It, yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a disappointing but yet rewarding kind of end of the day as he was able to get back up on the podium. So, folks, more to come still here on the EKN debrief episode number thirty-five. David Cole and I talk about the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Stick with us. After this, we're going to talk a little bit of KA one hundred. Since 2003, K1 Race Gear has been a one-stop shop for all your indoor and outdoor karting needs. From racing shoes, suits, and driving gloves, to chest protectors, rib vests, accessories, and bags, K1 Race Gear provides quality karting products for the enthusiast and the professional alike. We have an incredible lineup of K1 karting suits designed to fit everyone's budget. Check out our entry-level GK2, the new Apex 2, and our top-of-the-line Speed 1 suit. Then, choose from our Apex and RS1 carding gloves and add in our K1 shoes, rib protectors, and neck collars. If you need a custom suit to support your sponsors, we can create a custom look as unique as you are. As you would expect, our custom suits are made to order. With pricing as low as $495, you're sure to find a suit that not only satisfies your racing needs, but it's easy on the wallet as well. 
We take care of all of our customers at K1 Race Gear, not just the ones with deep pockets. Visit K1RaceGear.com today and get everything you need for your next racing season. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief, episode number 35. We are breaking down the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, final round of the California Pro Kart Challenge for Supercarts USA. Uh, the race report today brought to you by VME USA. David, let's jump into the KA100 senior category. Probably more red flags in this class than any other, but that comes, as you said earlier, kind of that pack racing, tighter field, simply because of the, the engines are so evenly matched. Overall, though, some really, really good racing in the battle for the race wins. Yeah, like like I, I've said before, you know, the, the K package kind of brings that tight pack, uh, fields, uh, you know, pack, <laughs> running packs together. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll, except this time we kind of saw two drivers kind of break away, uh, especially in the main event with uh, Edward Ports and Nick Ramirez. You know, they were kind of able to uh, to lock up and push each other away from the rest of the field. So, you know, it's kind of your type, type, uh, you know, what, like we used to see in cadet racing as well, too. True enough. Um, they went back and forth. Ports would lead. Ramirez would lead. In the final lap, though, Ports goes to the front. He's running the inside line against a thousand foot straightaway at Streets of Lancaster, the longest straightaway in North American karting. They come out of a hairpin. You spool up. And there's the draft. I think the draft was actually. We didn't really mention this day, but. It was probably a little more pronounced this weekend because there was a, a headwind right into them as they were coming down the straightaway. Well, Ports is on the inside. Ramirez is going for it. Last race of the year, it's streets. He goes around the outside, trying to hang around the outside. Can't quite make it. He goes into the barriers. But again, then, you know, Ports with the win. Pretty exciting finish, though, for that race, for sure. Very exciting. You know, luckily, we're all right there. The fans are there. Yeah. We're there. The the cameras are there. Every we saw, So everybody got to see... Uh, a, a great bold attempt by Ramirez to try and I mean again, you got to go for it, and and he did, and uh, unfortunately he wasn't able to hold on and, and slammed into the barriers. Uh, Ryan Charteau had trouble in the second heat race, started twenty first, but was able to get by uh, to take second place away from Henry Morse in the, in the late running. Charteau second, Morse in third. In the KA100 Masters category, which ran in that race group, uh, the day was essentially dominated by, by Kevin Manning. Just like, David, we talked about John Crow being able to run with the drivers in the S4 class. Manning was pretty impressive uh, running right there with a group, like essentially on a tail of a group of four senior KA100 drivers. And then he eventually started working his way through them as well. Yeah, Kevin was pretty much inside the top ten all day, all weekend long, yeah. uh, in the in the big race group with the you know him being the top master driver and him racing against the senior drivers. So uh, you know a very impressive run for Kevin Manning uh, to end up sweeping the day in, in K100 Master. Uh, as we said, he ended up tenth overall while scoring the class victory. John Crow did double duty, ran second with uh, LAKC standout Robert Perez running third. So there's your senior, there's your master's report for K100. Uh, the K100 junior class, and David had mentioned the fact that uh, Oliver mm -hmm. Calvo will now be the lone driver gunning for the $10,000 triple crown bonus at the Super Nationals. He won the IKF Grand Nationals as well to get that going. But David, what a great run it was. He and Jonathan Ports absolutely dicing it out for KA100 junior. They, they were. It was, uh, it was a great race. Again, another one that kind of went down to the wire. Um, Calvo just kind of ran that uh, inside line all the way down the, the long back straightaway, the thousand foot straightaway, never gave an inch and, uh, was able to hold on to the checkered flag. 
So Oliver Cowell ends up getting the win in the junior category. Aiden Kemp, who led a majority of the race until some contact with the barrier, uh, he ended up uh, off track in turn three. Uh, that put actually Stephen Grafton uh, up to the third spot behind uh, Jonathan Ports. Pretty good battle, pretty good race in KA100 Junior. Oliver Cowell, of course, David, has that win. Then he goes into X30, <laughs> X30C, or X30 Junior. Had a chance at a second victory, and it would have been his third straight in the X30 Junior category. He and Jonathan Ports battling down to the wire again. This time, a little bit exciting. You were right there. Talk talk us through that last lap and uh, what we saw there in turn five. It was exciting. It was. You know, this time, you know, they kind of came out of the, the hairpin, and Ports had the advantage. So, again, Ports went on the defensive line, but he didn't go all the way to the wall. And when I say he didn't go all the way to the wall, I mean he left maybe 56 inches between himself and the wall to give Calvo a little bit of room, and especially under braking, Calvo went for it. So as they came into the braking zone, Calvo dove to the inside, slapped his side pod off the barriers, snuck through and inside and alongside ports as they went under braking, and unfortunately he went a little bit too deep and couldn't hang on and went straight off into the barriers. I just couldn't get it turned enough. You can see it, it was one of those deals where you're in there and it's like it's like counter steering. You're going the other way and I'm braking. He got it to rotate back around, but he just couldn't get it to grip enough. And and he ends up slamming the wall. But of course, Scusa has such a great setup in that particular part of the racetrack, turn five. There's lots of contact there. It's the fastest part of the racetrack. But the way they got the barriers and the hay bales and everything set up, it just totally absorbs all the uh, the impact and all the energy. Calvo's off. Um, obviously in the, uh, ports able to get through to take the, the win, uh, Chase Denmark, Gessel rolls through, he gets second, Alan Tang ends up third, but you know, one of the cool things, David Calvo, of course, right out of the cart immediately up and the crowd goes wild, uh, cheering him on after making the, you know, making that attempt to try to get that race win. I think the, the fans were very appreciative that he was going for it and it was like a, a checkers or records kind of thing. Yeah, he said exactly that. It was checkers or wreckers, you know. He, he, and again, that's kind of what they're there to see. They're kind of there to see the excitement. They don't want to see a boring race where a guy leads for by five seconds. They want to see some excitement for the win. So they definitely got that next 30s junior. Well, one thing too, David, pretty impressive run all in all, in all uh, for the Portses. They had a couple of, of, uh, of race wins for both Jonathan and Edward Ports. So good for them. Good weekend at Lancaster for that family. Uh, let's cap this thing off, David. We've got a couple more categories to hit here. We're getting low on time. Um, S3. Uh, this was a tough one for me to say all weekend long, but I was getting it near the end. Iman Fazlolahi <laughs> ends up with the uh, California Pro Kart Challenge with his victory in the S3 class at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. He was battling with Eddie Tafoya, uh, title contender all season, all weekend. Tafoya had some trouble in the opening heat race. That allowed Iman to kind of run away uh, for a clear run to the checkered flag in the final. Tafoya coming from the tail of the field back to second, but ended up getting pa- uh, penalized for passing under the yellow. That moved Dustin Cadella and Kyle Lowe onto the podium. In the S5 class, uh, Jacopo Pizzinato scored his second straight win in S5 at the streets of Lancaster, holding off, I believe, Cash Baxley uh, was in the second spot. As a number of the S5 drivers, David, actually were running together. There was four in total, or five, I think. And... Uh, Man, they were running pretty close in the racetrack. At one point in the late going, first, second, and third were stacked up, right, right, right behind each other. It's awesome. Yeah, the, the four, of the four of the drivers actually that finished the race were all kind of close together. Yeah. Uh, you had uh, Poe, that's his nickname now. I, I learned that. So, that, so you just call him Poe. 
I can call him Poe Pizzinato? Just Poe. Just, just call him Poe. It's like one name, like Cher? Like Sting? Yeah, well, I'll just call him Poe. That's his nickname. So, All right. um, you know, he, he, that's what he said. So it's easier that way. Okay. So I'm going to call him Poe. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Poe, you know, it was Poe, Baxley, uh, Connor, and and Mayer was kind of just, just just a little bit off those three as they were kind of battling with with one of the backmarkers in S3. So it was uh, it was kind of a, a exciting uh pack to watch because yeah, we weren't quite sure what was going to happen again because they're s5 drivers you're not quite sure what's going to happen anytime so uh to, to 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 watch that throughout the the 16 lap race was pretty cool to see uh but again contact at the end of the race uh there in turn five uh cost uh cash baxley the second spot as he was penalized so that brought logan Mayer up to the second spot with uh, Connor Robles uh, moving to third after he was involved in that contact. Yeah, good win for Poe as he uh, was able to uh, take that victory. Um, Mini Swift and Micro Swift, only 10 each, but the racing was really solid. Uh, in the Mini Swift category, Kai Sorensen essentially dominated the weekend. Uh, pole, both heat races, won the main event, uh, got the checker, but sadly was removed from the results for a technical infraction in post-race tech. That moved Mateus Coito to the top step. Uh, his first ever California Pro Kart Challenge win with Coito uh, on the Mad Croc from Mad Old Nut. So a big uh, big win for them in the Mini Swift class. Yep, and Enzo Delani was then promoted to third, uh, second with uh, AJ Zarcone on the Nitro Kart, uh, joining them on the podium. Uh, Micro Swift, John Antonino dominated the weekend, uh, driving to a five-second advantage in the final. Logan Chambers ended up in second winning in that uh, race-long battle over Graham Trammell. You know, David, we talk about the two different sides of the age group, right? You've got 69 years young, um, Stu Hayner getting his victory. Obviously, the fans went crazy, 69 years old. They thought that was awesome. <laughs> well, when John Antonino rolled up, first and foremost, they were just, you know, he's eight years old, like you said, little kid, little guy. Uh, we had a good little interview, um, Probably the first one he's had to do after winning a big race, but uh, the crowd just went crazy seeing how how little and how cool John Antonino was. Yeah, I think he was all business. I didn't think I don't think he was about having fun at that moment. No. I think he was still he was on the racetrack, so he was still kind of focused. So uh, uh, definitely, you know, again with that young age, there's a lot to learn, and you know, maybe maybe we'll get him to uh, to learn how to do some interviews and, and some celebrations. Oh, I'd said after that, that I'm going to be probably interviewing this kid for the next 15 years, so yeah, I'm sure that he'll he'll get himself dialed in. But uh, that's it, folks. There's your uh, race report uh, for this edition of the EKN debrief. Uh, let's jump quickly into our EKN Trackside Live race calendar before David and I do a wrap up uh, this. To this episode's race calendar brought to you by TB Cart USA. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TB Cart USA. As the importer for these Italian built chassis, TB Cart USA has a full lineup with models for all categories, including their race winning S55 chassis for Yamaha, KA100, and TAG competition, and the S195 for shifter drivers. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, don't settle for anything less than a TB Cart. Our purpose-built four-cycle chassis is based on our proven TB Cart S55 geometry and is racking up wins in Florida and beyond. TB Cart is also a leader in rental carts with many different models to choose from. For more information, check them out online at www.tbcartusa.com. 
All right, David, every time we do this, it's usually four or five races we're talking about in the EKN Trackside Live race calendar where we will be bringing our EKN Live broadcasts. We got just two more to go here in 2018, uh, October 26, 27, 28, essentially over three and a half weeks away. You will be heading to GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, South, uh, North Carolina to cap off this year's WKA Manufacturers Cup. Finally, the end is near. <laughs> no, uh, I'm I'm excited to see how, how things unfold at GoPro. Obviously, we always get a lot of uh, local attendance, so uh, we'll see what the numbers are going to look like there, uh, and see how the championships unfold. Because again, they're with with six events, twelve rounds of racing. Uh, you're not quite sure who's going to end up on top uh, in a lot of these categories. So uh, it should be a good time. Hopefully. Knock on wood, it does not rain. Final race for us of the season. David Cole and I back together again, November 14th to 18th, the 22nd running of the Supercarts USA Super Nationals, going back to the all, real all-sweet hotel and casino in Las Vegas. We'll have some amazing coverage. We're going to do a couple of new things as well at the Super Nats. Got some ideas of how we're going to bring more coverage to you. Kind of, If you're not there, we're going to make sure you're feeling like you're there. That's pretty much the bottom line. David, let's wrap things up. California Pro Kart Challenge champions were decided at the streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Official announcement to come when the final points tally has been uh, released. They'll get everything official. Bottom line, another great job by the city of Lancaster and all their partners involved with the event. Uh, Lancaster Toyota, just just great people, just an awesome event. But let's cap off with, I think, probably the coolest announcement, which was kind of the exclamation point. This year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix, the scholarship uh, that will give the driver, the scholarship winner, the uh, support next year. They're going to run the Streets of Lancaster custom helmet, the suit, the, the all the pod, you know, the, the livery. Well-deserved uh, John Crow winning the scholarship for 2019. Yeah, John Crow definitely is, uh, epitomized what being a Carter is. Um, yeah. He'll race anything, he'll get in anything, and he loves it, and you know, as you said earlier, talking about his uh, in the race report, you know, he's dedicated himself to the sport all season long. Uh, you know, anytime I see him on social media or, or anybody with him, he's at the racetrack. So uh, he's always putting in the time, effort off and on the on the racetrack uh, to, to be able to be the best at the age that he's at. So um, it's, you know, it's funny to see, you know, a couple of the comments we saw on, on social media. Uh, one being Mike Burrell saying, yeah, I'm lucky I dragged you to the cart track now, aren't you? So uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's very deserving. Um, you know, as, as after they had uh, announced the winner, there was a lot of SCUSA officials there congratulating him. And I think it, it's it's, you know, just the 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 way he presents himself is really what what made this uh, an easy uh, selection for for SCUSA. Yeah, I think you say it well. There, a guy who's a passionate but fiery competitor. Not only he loves the sport, but he wants to win. That's the one deal. Yep, yep. You know, in the paddock, just one of those great guys. Loves the sport. Very well liked. Just you know, a great guy, great driver, and most definitely a deserving and very popular winner of this year's Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. So, folks, that wraps up this edition of the EKN Debrief number thirty-five. Thank you so much for joining us. We broke down the Streets of Lancaster Grand Prix. Little break in the action for these debriefs. Of course, David heading to the WK Manufacturers Cup race later this month. We'll debrief after that one. We'll do one, of course, after the Super Nationals as well. But right now, we're going to lining up a bunch of new podcasts. You're going to see and hear a lot of content coming on the EK and Radio Network, and of course, eventually into podcast form throughout uh, October, November, December. We're going to keep amping things up 
for next year. Thank you so much for joining us here on the ECAN Radio Network, folks. On behalf of David Cole, my name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.